Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Did you know that one of crypto's best use cases is also a tax-saving strategy? I'm talking about donating crypto to your favorite charity. The Giving Block makes it easy for the crypto community to support important causes with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and dozens of other cryptos. Choose from over 1,200 vetted nonprofit organizations, donate any amount, and then hold on to your tax receipt. When it's tax time, you could save big. Your donation could offset some or most of what you owe on that huge capital gains line. Make smart money moves while making a difference. To learn more, visit thegivingblock.com NFP. That's thegivingblock.com NFP. And let's show the world that crypto is good. Hey, this is NFP, the non-fungible podcast with me, D. Klein. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny, and Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at koii.network. Gabe Weiss, welcome to NFP. I'm so glad you could join me today. Thanks for being here. I'm pumped to be here. For sure. You know, it's, it's awesome to just catch up with you. There's been so many times where, you know, we've kind of been in similar circles, you know, run into each other here, there, and everywhere. Uh, we were in Miami at the same time, LA at the same time, but I never really had a chance to have a proper conversation with you. So it's good to sit down for a few minutes here and chat. I'm excited. I mean, this is my favorite way to communicate at those events. I feel just like every single one is like my wedding day where I get like, I get like one or two minutes with people. And then there's like a line of people waiting to talk to me already. And then like the second I'm done, like uh-huh. to the next convo. So well, uh, my it was my wife would be who, just to sit back yeah, and have a beer. For sure. It was my wife who we were at the dream and that one interview suite. Oh yeah. Right. And uh, that was kind of weird because, you know, they had a few people being interviewed and the rest of us had to kind of stand there quietly in the background, you know, but anyway, yeah. after, after the interviews were wrapped up and then it got more casual, but it was funny because my wife says to me, Oh, oh, that's Gabe Weiss. Could you get him to draw, draw me something? Please, 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 please. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll go ask him. And you did and it. Was, yeah. She's super proud of it, you know? Uh, but anyway, I was saying though, you must it get hard to do. requests. It was hard to do for your wife. He's a pretty mean spirited individual. My wife? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, please elaborate. Yeah, yeah. I'd like I to hear this like, from someone else's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just that snarl she gave me when I said like I missed Drew. No, she's like the nicest person in the world. When the nicest people in the world ask you for drawing, like you have pretty much like just always do it. That's the answer. <laughs> she's she loves yeah. it by the way she's super proud of it we're gonna get it nicely framed up put it on display you see how i have kind of this purple background behind me here i'm eventually going to get the wall yeah, yeah. behind me to have a whole bunch of these artworks from people that i've connected with but i'm just not ready yet so in the meantime i just have a purple background. yeah i don't care about just to be clear i don't care about all of them i just want it to be gabe weiss or <laughs> i'm sorry i don't follow <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I'm just saying, I just want to see Gabe Weiss art behind you. I don't want it to be. Like I other see. I see. Are. So I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll just have the one piece there. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Now right, I'll talk to, I'll talk to your management and we'll figure something out. Sorry. Midwest sarcasm coming out. I gotta, <laughs> gotta tone it back when you deal with Canadians. They're just a little too wholesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I took you at face value when you made that comment. I'm like, what? What are you asking for? <laughs> you got beef with my wife? <laughs> anyway, no, that was a lot of fun. But uh, I was saying though, I mean, how many times in a given day at these events are you being asked to quick draw up something for somebody? Just depends if i have my sketchbook out and i'm doing it like once it gets going uh, then it's like on but like otherwise not too often stop it and i get asked to like draw on people quite a bit which mm. is like pretty pretty fun um yeah i like that but yeah just just court, sort of depends but it's one of my favorite parts of these events it's just like i like giving people a little memento for their trip and um i love making art so like that's actually more of my happy place yeah yeah well you mentioned your sketchbook but i mean you draw on all kinds of stuff you draw on cereal boxes you know bits of cardboard whatever and i mean that goes back a ways right like talk to me about where did that start for you just drawing on whatever you had handy was it just a matter of you know lack of supplies or did you see something else in that I love this idea of like making something that's useless, useful. So it really started with phone book pages. Right. We would just Can get you believe these they giant still, We got one like a month ago. We got a new phone book. <laughs> like why? It just, it just feels like the most worthless thing ever dropped off. And I'm like, let me figure out something cool to do with a phone book because like I'm never going to use it otherwise. And then it just goes into like, I don't know, recycle bin instantly. So then I started collecting them from friends and I would draw just a lot on them as just kind of people liked how they looked. And then mm -hmm. it just made me feel good that the phone book wasn't being wasted. And then my kids just pound Cheerios. Like they eat so much Cheerios. So like yep. we always have Cheerio boxes and it was like roughly the same thing. Like how many of these boxes can I put into the like recycle bin let me just start drawing on these and people tended to like them so and so then, it's a like, conservation the effort is really what it's all about kind of and then during the pandemic like there were so many people like i can't get to an art supply store blah 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 and i mm. i just kind of have this mindset of like just make art like no excuses like there's i mean if I can do it with a Sharpie and a cereal box, so can you sort of thing. So it's just right. kind of, I come from community organizing and politics, but I just have this kind of belief of like, we have to adapt. Like, right. so in that instance, it was like, you have something to draw on. Like, get well, a kind of the transformative nature of art. You're taking something that's otherwise going to be discarded and making it into something that can be cherished. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I like it. And now it's just a, it's a thing that people tend to like when you can draw on something random. Like I, I feel like I can draw on most things and it looks cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it gives it some texture too, right? That wouldn't otherwise yeah. be there. Yeah. Now, how often are you 
painting like are you doing any digital painting at all or is it pretty much all physical like talk to me about your different means by well, which you create i'm in the middle of creating my own pfp project so for the okay. last five months i've been like in an ipad like hours and hours a day just working on on that so yep that that's that wasn't my normal art routine i mean i didn't do a digital piece of art or own an ipad until may of last okay. year so i'm going so i'm about one year in now to digital art um so I like to think i've gone to like a master's class i guess the last year mm -hmm. but i can definitely see myself getting better kind of even from this even from the start, they're called the Stoics that I'm working on, but like early Stoics versus the ones now, four months later of drawing, I like tend to like go back and like try to fix it. I'm like, wow, I've gotten quite a bit better at this just in the last <laughs> four months of drawing every day on it. There's some value um, in keeping them as is though and let and allowing people to see that evolution too though, right? Yeah. And like, there's always going to be a few like little mistakes here and there, but like, I kind of mm -hmm. think in some ways, I think it's necessary because like AI is going to come in and make everything perfect. And so like, I kind of feel like what makes it interesting and human is some of the imperfections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like if, if, if the goal is to make perfect art, chances are a computer is going to be able to do that in five years better than you can what do you think of kind of like the ai art phenomenon you know like you're i'm seeing more and more works that are created by ai does that appeal to you at all or is it a turnoff i i did some a little bit i never released it but like worked with okay. someone um fargo greg fargo um it scares me a little like i don't know like it's just like where it fits into the mix like I don't want to put out stuff that's better than my current art and then be like, why buy my art when you can get Gabe Weiss AI enhanced art? Like, it looks pretty wild and cool. Um, and then some of it is just finding the right pricing. Like, does it cost mm. more or less? Like, you can make like 8 billion images from like 200 paintings. And then it's like, I don't know. I don't want to downgrade the value of my art. So it's more like, I don't think I have a strong opinion, but I don't think I've figured out how to like incorporate it into my, the thing that I'm doing. So mm. when, when you don't have a clear idea, it's like every other stuff is working right now. So I'll play there, but not to say AI won't be a part of the package at some point. Interesting. I mean, you talk about being, uh, your art being scarce, but I mean, you're pretty prolific. You create quite a lot of art. Has that ever been an issue for you at all? Like, have you ever gone, hmm, maybe I need to slow down or speed up or? I, one of the, there's a lot of good reasons to be friends with Sabit, but one of the best is that you never feel like you're overproducing because he always <laughs> is putting stuff out and just like every time like, maybe I'm putting stuff out too often you look and he's put out like eight things since I put out so you're one okay. so I'm okay yeah. so <laughs> I mean it's a good policy just compare yourself to him and then you'll feel okay 
yeah, that's kind of how that's kind of how I roll. Like, I mean, it's like Picasso made like fifty five thousand pieces of art or something in his career. So I feel like I've only released a couple, you know, a hundred or two and a couple hundred NFTs. Like, that's I got tens of thousands more to make. Yeah. Now I was listening to an interview that you did and you talked about now it was done in 2020 kind of pre NFTs. And at that time you said you of course had been doing art since you were a kid, but in terms of like showing it for an audience or or selling it, that was a recent phenomenon of, you know, five years prior to that recording, but it, it was prior to the NFT thing. So talk to me about that transition into NFTs from doing this traditional art and kind of making a presence there and then leaping into NFTs. What was that like? Um, pretty wild. I mean, so the whole story is I, I smoked some DMT with mm-hmm. my buddy and I just had like a strong vision of becoming a famous artist, which like didn't have a lot of, like there was no reason to have that thinking that I would necessarily prior, but it was just like a very clear vision. And it's like my best friend since third grade. So I told him about it. And then the very next day, Micah or Mika Johnson, like sold some art for like 1.3 million. And it became like went up on my newsfeed. And I just was like, what is this crypto art thing? And then a couple hours later, Eddie Ganglin, who mm-hmm. um, he posted like an NFT on his Instagram page and he had been asking to collab with me because he used to live in the Bay for a while. And I was like, hey, you even want to do the collab? Let's do it as a NFT. And like, he was just so, I don't know if you know him, but he has so much enthusiasm. He's like, get on Clubhouse, learn about NFTs. Like, and I was like, I mean, I think a lot of people like kind of bored, like I've been making art for like a year at that point in the pandemic, but like kind of looking for community, look, I've always liked innovators. And so I just started living on Clubhouse and that, I don't, some people talk about it, but like February, March, April of Clubhouse last year, like Mm -hmm. we were all up high on goofballs. Like every like everyone was staying up like twenty hours a week, like falling asleep with Clubhouse in their ear, just like yeah, it was booming like, at that time. It was crazy. So that just kind of I just kind of rode that wave. Yep. And well, when you think about it, like NFTs and COVID, like the two really are pretty closely tied together in terms of many of us who are like creative people feeling kind of like we couldn't have those same connections that you would traditionally have had as an artist or, or the same means by which you could have your art seen. Right. And at that same time, this NFT technology comes along and it was just like the perfect fit at that moment. Yeah. Like I don't like NFTs almost needed clubhouse needed a pandemic. I think almost to like really take off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good. Yeah making the best of it i'm not saying the pandemic was good but no no like a, I'm just a lot saying of it, it, a lot it of hap- things in life is like in. what yep. yeah like what you make of it so yeah it was a great 
way to cope with the isolation. Yeah, that feels about exactly right. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting because now, of course, as we've kind of come out of all the, I mean, it's not like COVID's disappeared, but a lot of the restrictions have gone by the wayside, you know, and it does feel different in the space in some ways. Yeah, because it feels a little bit less about the community and a lot more about the profits. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the day trading aspect feels like it came in hard. But also why like the real IRL events are so much fun too. So being in the Yang, like I don't really, en- I definitely don't enjoy being on Clubhouse or Twitter spaces like I used to. Mm-hmm. But I do like going to a good like NFT event and mm-hmm. seeing a lot of the people that I've met from those encounters. Like that's where I, you know, that's my preferred way of hanging out with people. Hundred percent. Yeah. No. It was uh, this last couple events with Miami and LA were my first opportunities to actually see other NFT focused artists in person, and it was just such a refreshing thing. I've said it before. It felt like a reunion. I'd never met these people before, but it felt like a reunion. Do you know what I mean? Hundred trillion percent. That's kind of. Bitcoin Miami last year was one of those magical moments for a lot of us because we all like a ton of us met for the first time and Miami has totally different COVID protocols than California Bay Area. Yeah, none. (laughs) So it's like, for me, it was just like, it felt like years since I was like around people, like hugging them without a mask type of deal. So it was it was like both super exciting and it was just like, okay, this is what maybe life is like. Let's go. Yeah, it's true, you know, because, you know, me being a teacher, you know, we have very had at that time anyway, very strict mask protocols and sanitate sanitization stuff and testing and everything. And then you fly down to Florida and it's as if it didn't exist at all. Like it was Yolo. like people just Yeah. <laughs> you just had a party all the time. Like literally like standing, you know, so close to each other in like a nightclub with music blaring, yelling in each other's faces, you know, and yeah. like, what COVID? Well, what then you, you missed N- <laughs> then you missed like NFT NYC is where I actually got COVID. That was, impressive. is that right? But same deal, same deal. Like there's only so many crowded places getting screamed on. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I was under the impression not- NYC was quite a lot stricter with all that stuff though. I mean, alleged, like, it was like you had to show vac- your Vax card, but then you're, like, in there, and then they're just, like, I don't know, I'm 5'10", and get, like, 800 hugs. So, like, everyone's just, like, spitting into my mouth Breathing when they talk to me. Breathing down on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Sabit's, like, 6'8", so he doesn't get yes. sick, because, like, everyone's, like... <laughs> everyone's like underneath them all the viruses are just hitting him <laughs> in the chest basically exactly <laughs> he's breathing clean them. air up where he yeah. is yeah yeah <laughs> Un- unfair yeah that is an unfair advantage it's true maybe that explains yeah. why i haven't gotten sick from covid i don't know i am yeah, not as tall taller. as sabbat but i am a little taller yeah. funny yeah probably Never thought of it you. that way yeah yeah, yeah. maybe interesting get, uh, get i the, wanted to ask get in the spit zone <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm usually the one spitting down okay you know? perfect so, yeah you're the one so i'm in the clear 
Yeah. <laughs> you need like one of those like shields. You know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Those are flawless. like they have at the salad bars. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get one of those. Done. <laughs> I was gonna ask you. I saw on your Twitter how you uh, gave away a bored ape for one of your raffles ages ago. Well, tell me about. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, Looking back do you remember, on that. Do you know Alan Henna? Hmm. He was. He's like a punk. He works for I think Vander Industries now, but he was like a early clubhouse person, and he's super smart. Like, well like in may but between about mid-april and most of may last year was one of these nft slumps where just nothing was selling and then mm -hmm. the board apes came in and people kind of got pfp like mania. whatever yep. mania mm -hmm. and so i just started calling some of the like smarter people i knew in the space and was just kind of like what do you recommend and he's like Alan's like, these board apes are kind of a thing now. It's like, buy one and do some derivatives and give it away. And I'm like, okay, that sounds smart. So I think I bought one for 0.4, like right when it came out. Nice. And then gave it away right away a couple of days later. Uh, even like I never bought one in the first place. So, you know, you had yeah. one thing above me in that regard. Yeah. And then I was bemoaning it to Taylor WTF mm. like a month or two after that. Like, I really want one of the, like, I want to be in the club. And uh, I just released the hundred of a hundred piece on OpenSea when I was the featured artist. And Taylor wow. was doing a lot of giveaways as part of this floppy disk. So he's, and he had 20 board apes. So he was like, trade me 17 of your pieces and I'll send you a board ape. So luckily got me back in the game. Like I did nice. give one away, but like realistically, if I'm being honest, like why it doesn't beat me up so much is like, I wouldn't have the board ape I have now if I hadn't okay. given, like I wasn't going to double up and buy, get a lot of them. I just wanted you came one even to be Steve, in the club. It worked out. It came out. Yeah. And even so, I think I got a better one now than the one, my first one. So okay. I, I like in my head, it's not like this crushing blow, but I did want to like put it out on Twitter because there's so many people whenever some, I have like so many friends that like the days that good things happen to board apes is like them at their saddest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like they try to like, everyone tries to be happy for people, but no one like, is. That's, that's great. I'm really happy for you. As they yeah. grit their teeth. Even and then even like then there's like that even amongst the board apes. So I just got a coda like mm. couple couple days ago with the board apes and mm -hmm. like calling calling people like other board apes. Oh you didn't get a coda. Oh I'm sorry. Like, you, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Like, what do you what do you think of that whole <laughs> other side mint fiasco when the gas? I noticed you were selling a piece for less than the gas fees at the time of the other side minting. Yeah, I did a one on one because I think there. it went up to like nine grand at one point yeah. minting fees. Yeah. So you're like, hey, it's less than the yeah. gas fees, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one's bought that one yet, so I still have a one on one out there for less than it's the cost of I mean, gas. It's less yeah. than gas. Yeah, I'm I'm a hero, really. Um, yeah, I 
Well, it's hard because they, I do think they brought in a ton of liquidity into the market by just existing and the ape coin and all this stuff. Yep. So it's like hard to, it's hard to get too mad at them. People are saying otherwise, but I think it's all premeditated to get on their own blockchain. Like, so mm. I, I mean, I, you're I saying no you're suggesting I, that they deliberate, they knew it was going to go like ridiculously badly. And it was their way of saying, looks like we got to make our own solution. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, that's kind of what I think. Quick break here for the giving block. In the past year, the number of nonprofits accepting cryptocurrency donations increased tenfold on the giving block. Since 2018, the giving block has been making it easy for nonprofits to modernize their fundraising by accepting crypto donations. Organizations of all sizes can sign up and get started in no time. Nonprofits are saying that crypto is the future of fundraising. Find out why at thegivingblock.com slash NFP. That's thegivingblock.com slash NFP. Hey, in cooperation with the Coin Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies by D. Klein. You can find these at atomiczombies.io. We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emerge, and evolve as they receive more attention online powered by the Koi Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. Or like, and just understanding that like, if they're going to create a giant big ecosystem, they're going to need something that looks a lot more like Polygon. If like, there's a whole metaverse, like, like associated with, with it, like you just can't have thousands of transactions happening necessarily. Right. Like, so. Well, and they have the I, means to basically pro produce their own solution as opposed to going on to some pre-existing solution, right? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is just like, it showed crazy demand, which is always, mm -hmm. I think, I, like early on, I think one of the, my top collectors gave me some advice and it's like, demand is your friend. So like, I've never, like none of my additions, like I never put them out until the other ones have sold out. So like, mm -hmm. Like pretty much every single time it's like what I'm trying to show is like, this is your chance to get a piece on the primary market. Um, mm. So, and as long as demand is, you know, as long as you have demand, then you're sitting pretty in this game. The second you have like a hundred pieces up and no one wants it, then you're kind of like showing the market that there isn't a high demand for you. Um, okay, I got a problem then because I produce so much. I got loads of stuff that's still for sale. <laughs> I mean, each strategy each their own. I'm not here to say I know the master <laughs> strategy, but that's that's kind of how I've rolled with it. And things that haven't sold, a lot of times, like uh, I've done gifts to people, which mm. like, I mean, I've like this this year i changed a lot of people's lives by just giving them nfts that like when they needed rent money then they could sell and they made like 1500 bucks but like it's not like giving someone 1500 dollars it costs right. like 10 dollars to send it to them sort of thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so 
Um, yeah. I have been thinking of going back through and just burning a pile of the old ones. Yeah. Or there's so many cool gamifications of it, like buy, Mm -hmm. buy X amount and then get a one-of-one like and then send it back to me to burn and i'll make you a one-of-one and send you a physical piece Mm, i don't know mm -hmm. like i feel like nfts are all about the experimentation yeah let's try anything yeah yeah yeah. that's cool let's talk a little bit more about um just what you're doing in terms of your creation process now i mean you did talk a little bit about your pfps um, your PFPs, is that like uh, you're using Procreate or what are you building using to build those? So I'm working with the Flower Girls team, people okay. who did Flower Girls. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm doing it on Procreate, but kind of to our point before, what, what's really cool is we've been spending months like developing these masks. So it's like mine are just kind of basic drawings that I've done. But then mm-hmm. on top of it, it might have a phone book or music sheets or Alice in Wonderland or pretty much any book that was over the copyright limit. So we wouldn't get in trouble. Um, right. So Smart. like a, a lot of my favorite books like Siddhartha and like and things are like all kind of in the background. So it, they act as their own kind of way of creating rarity. I didn't really want to sit there and draw like goofy hats or like good zoos or like the stuff that a lot of the PFPs did. So it's like, how do I make it my art, but I don't know, have a lot of different rarities and uniqueness. So Mm -hmm. that, so it's like finding, and then I did a lot of collage backgrounds that I made like by hand but then kind okay. of get a reference, like interesting things in the space, tickets and stuff, people's like NFT stickers. And then I'm gonna have all sorts of kind of giveaways and cool stuff based on what you see in the background. So mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know. It, it's supposed to be like repeatedly fun Easter egg kind of searching within the art to see the meaning um and then yeah there's a lot more to it but i won't we don't have to bore you i'm I'm happy to uh, yeah i mean i'll give it all away but yeah cool stuff (laughs) is part of it well tell us what's (laughs) what's the cool stuff go ahead um so there's different characters so there's Mm -hmm. some whales there's bulls there's like a genie so like if you mm-hmm. pull the genie is going to be a one of one, for example, where you mm-hmm. get to come to my art studio and pick oh. out whatever, pa- whatever painting you want. Wow. Uh, cool. Uh, so the bulls are going to be like a small group of kind of the traders within it that are going to have incentives based on how well the collection is doing and how well bulls are. Mm-hmm. So at when bulls are have a one ETH floor, for example, there'll be like some sort of like prize associated for the bulls. So like creating kind of groups within within it. Plus there's mm-hmm. gonna be staking eventually into a museum so that 
the higher you offer in the museum is the longer you want to stake it. So if you want to be a patron of the project or patron of the arts um, and say stake it for a year, you might be on the top floor with a nice little museum placard. Wow, this sounds like a lot of development work. Like, who did you work with for all of that? All Flower Girls. They've got like a 25-person okay. team at this point. Oh, wow, point. okay. Luckily, yeah. So, I mean, the, most of the stuff isn't hard. The metaverse play is going to take some time because mm -hmm. some of it is like up in the air. Like, I have my three other deeds. And in my ideal world, I'd probably do it on my board ape one, which is like six five five and is really close to the center. Mm. Like if I can put any kind of museum inside of it, then like that's where I'll build in the metaverse, just because I think mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. where the most eyes are gonna be in NFTs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Is this gonna be like a ten thousand type thing or I think five, maybe mm. five thousand five hundred and fifty-five. Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I'm going to probably start at a little higher price point. Okay. Um, and then maybe do a duck auction as part of it too. I just, okay. my sense is you get a bunch of people in at these at the really low cost and there's so many of them are flippers and it mm. feels like very hard anymore to like actually create kind of value. Um, right. So I want to keep it a little smaller, but maybe cost a little bit more so people value it. And like, instead of just giving everyone that wants on the allow list, like kind of making it harder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, like People know the project. We're like, you, hey, this one opportunity, you can get in on this allow list. And then it's like they... And then I've seen that same tweet 800 times. Like, probably <laughs> Your one chance. <laughs> it's like probably isn't too hard so like you know i think like something like the moonbirds went crazy because they had this huge demand built up and yep. it wasn't easy to get on the allow list type right. of deal and and the people in the know knew that you know like mm -hmm, i had a mm -hmm. friend who's like a whale who's like i asked him about it like i i can't get on the allow list so like okay well if you can't then like shit must be actually really hard <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know i can't keep up with all of the projects you know i find you know because i'm doing this show i'm finding out about cool stuff all the time i mean how do you wade through just the constant barrage of stuff coming at you with uh, all these different projects going on oh i just definitely don't at all <laughs> right okay that's pretty much I'm what like i do <laughs> Yeah, I'm the guy who's like Azuki's. What what is that? Like three <laughs> weeks after the after they're already at like 20 ETH or something. Um, Clone X. I'm, yeah, I, no, what's I, going I, on here? Like I I usually find I out about it days never, later. Yes. Yeah, I only find out about it after it's like a giant deal, and I've lost the you know I've already missed the boat. Uh, right. Board <laughs> Board Apes is pretty much the only one. That, I got in early. That's been like a moon project. Mm -hmm. Everything else has just been art from friends, pretty much. Right, right, right. So you talk about the fact that you're a stream of consciousness artist, and that really resonates with me because when I'm drawing or creating, I completely lose track of time. I usually have music on, and you know, 
often when I'm creating, I just kind of make something up and it's at the end that I go, oh, I think this kind of feels like this or this. Do you know what I mean? Like, is that, is that kind of the thing that you're talking about when you say that? 100%. Like, I, I kind of attribute it to more like jazz music mm. in the sense of like a really good jazz musician can pick up like any horn and play something that you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same token, like give me a Sharpie and a cereal box and I'll make you something kind of cool. It might not be my best work, but it'll be like in the jazz of like what I do. Mm-hmm. Like all of my work has a similar visual language, but because I'm not like preemptively thinking about it, like I've never had two that look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You surely must have times where you create and you're like, eh, I don't know if I feel this. Like, you know, when you're experimenting or whatever. Oh, yeah. I think my, a lot of my technique is I do stuff with graffiti markers on canvas. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I just love how it looks just with the black and white. And so like, that's a certain tier where it's like I make it and it's like, oh, I just feel like I nailed that and I just leave it. Mm-hmm. Then the next tier, I try to keep like really fine lines and like really paint it like perfect and super clean. And then if I mess that up, then I make it kind of more like Basquiat style, like yep. a little sloppier. And then yep. if I mess that up, then I make it a collage and just start adding like a bunch of magazines. So you're just like, painting on the, the same thing part. over and over again? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, oh, that's not quite right. Then I add this, then it's a collage. And then every once in a while, even after it's a collage, it's like, I don't know if you've seen these giant, like, uh, like cans of spray paint that just oh, yeah. go crazy. But like, definitely at certain points, I'm like, just go crazy and just hose down the whole canvas with like some spray paint and just start over. Right. Any regrets? Any times that you've gone, oh, I should have kept that? No. Nope. The advantage of smoking enough pot is that your memory for these things are so short. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I'll make, a, make some more art. Like, I don't know. You can't I, get too attached I, to it because you don't remember it. No, exactly. It really is helpful for these things. Like, I don't really, I'm not the guy who, like, beats myself up over, like, things I said in the past or something. I'm like, I forgot. I already forgot it. I don't know. On to the next one. It can make you very, you know, that's good for your feeling of, you know, self-worth and, you know, being able to forgive yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, probably to my detriment, I'm just super easy on myself. Like, no, I'm doing all right. I'm still killing it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's healthy generally yeah yeah generally uh, as long as yeah. you're not like a crazy egomaniac like about right. it. that's the flip side you can go that far i guess yeah i mean I, I try to treat everyone extremely well so that i don't ever have to feel bad about right you know anything i've done yep that's that's a good idea when is this uh pvp what did you pfp not pvp when is this pfp uh collection gonna be out there for people to line up and get on the list um probably i like i'm gonna start advertising it and doing like twitter and website in the next week or two um but it'll probably be about a six seven week campaign Mm -hmm. so 
I don't want to, I don't want to like box myself in too much because we've seen like sometimes NFTs just aren't selling or ETH too high or too low. So it's like, right. Or gas is $9,000. Or gas is nice. So like trying to find the sweet spot. I really want to do like some kind of mint pass so that it's like not, I don't no gas wars. I mean, going back to like, by far the worst part of it is $180 million got burned. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just gone. As an artist, it's just hard to hear that. Like going back to like, buy my one of one for two and a half ETH. You're like, like every piece of art I ever make in life could be paid for with a 20th of the gas spent for one drop. Yeah, that was pretty insane how much was burned there. I mean, I guess one could argue it's good for the value of ETH, though. You could make that argument. Yeah. I've heard it. What do you, what do you what think? Are you, are you into that side of things at all? Are you into the, you know, projections on, you know, Bitcoin prices or Ether or whatever? Or does that not interest you? I mean, I come from politics and I kind huh? of think no one really says it, but crypto feels just like a hedge for not believing in the government necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then having worked in government and used to work in the Senate, it's like, it's not not to say like I'm a hundred percent against it. I'm ready to be an anarchist, but it's also hard to like when the U.S. prints as much money as we did over the pandemic. It's like they really are devaluing this currency quite a bit. It's hard not to want to get at least some kind of hedge in crypto. Yeah, I find so. it funny that they're kind of going with this narrative of. Oh, it's because of Russia that we have inflation and it's because of, you know, and it's like, but you guys printed like gajillions of dollars <laughs> long before yeah. Russia's war with Ukraine came along. Yeah, I find that to be pretty disingenuous. Like I, yep. it's so bad in the US because like, that's technically my party, technically, I guess, as a Democrat. And then I'm just yep. like, these are all clowns, like. I mean, like pretty much like there's no one that represents what I believe at this point, but like. It's like not Biden that different should, in Canada, really. It's, I mean, Biden should be Canada's the worst money president in the world. To. Like Biden should be considered the worst president ever, but unfortunately, like he has like Trump before him and George W. Bush and like Reagan, like, I mean. He's following a long list of clowns where like, I'd love to be able to tell you like, Joe Biden is the very worst president the United States ever had, but like, he's not. It's not, it's a difficult, <laughs> uh, well, if you could make that like uh, a bar, you know, it's a difficult <laughs> bar to fall under, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Where like, he gets to say stupid shit and like, great, the president of the Dems is blaming Putin for him sending money to everyone right and you say well at least it's not as bad as fill in the blank yeah <laughs> but at least the world's still here so we got that going for us yeah no i mean canadian politics is not as different as i think canadians like to imagine it is you know we have a lot of the same mm-hmm. problems yeah. so it is uh there's a little chart on uh canada's money supply and it shows like from like 1900 
to 2022 and it just kind of slowly goes up like this up like this up like this and then it hits 28 2008 when there was the housing crisis in the united states right and it blips up a little and you go oh oh that was significant and then it hits 2020 and it's just like like it just goes off the top of the chart and it's like that's the reason there's inflation boys and girls now of course yes there are supply issues right but yeah i i I find it interesting how that kind of just gets glossed over in the news yeah it all feels very weird right now doesn't feel like a lot of a lot of people just don't understand it a lot of people do not understand how money works and how when you print a lot of money the money goes down in value a lot of people just don't seem to understand that yeah, I was like feeling like a crazy like libertarian talking to my all my progressive friends a year ago when I was telling them why I was getting into crypto. I was like, mm-hmm. look how much money we printed. And they were all calling me like an alarmist. And then now we're hitting like 8% inflation. I'm like, hate to say I told you so, but I definitely told you so on this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is funny when you talk about libertarian, how you know, there's a lot of elements of truth there. It just seems like there's things about it that just go totally out of whack with that argument, you know, where there was a clip I saw the other day where they were talking about um, driver's licenses in a political debate with libertarians and they were all booing the notion of people having to have driver's licenses because that's you know, <laughs> government controlling your life. And it's like, well, it's okay to have some, you know, standards, you know, but yeah it all falls apart really quickly i mean i represented a union that represented state workers and like the amount of state agencies that like like take care of toxic substances or sure like make sure that there's not cyanide in your medicine or i mean like you go down the line and like we want pretty much everything that government offers us we just want to say we don't Right. I mean, go go to a place where there is no government running things, and I don't think you'll like living there. No, you'll you definitely won't. But you know, <laughs> there's a happy medium there. I'll I'll yes. take the argument when it comes to drugs. Hmm. Okay. Legalize all drugs. We'll start. I hundred percent uh, agree with you. Legalize it. You know, tax it so you can pay for costs yeah. associated with it. And make it so like people aren't like like all my friends before they do drugs like huh are we gonna die from fentanyl? Yeah, <laughs> like people shouldn't have like they should be able to do their drugs without like having to worry about dying from them. Totally. Well, I mean, we don't need to get too much into the politics of it, but obviously there's a business element to having people imprisoned for relatively minor offenses, particularly in the states where the prison system is a business. Yeah. Right. So I can see why it's kind of been maintained in that sense. I don't think it's for good reasons, though. No, it's the prison industrial complex, like in the Central Valley in California, like these whole towns are like 100% propped up by this. Like if the prison leaves, like that's the number one employer in the county. So if you have a Mm. Democrat or a Republican in office, whoever's in office, they're going to fight like hell to keep the prison in their area open right so I don't, I don't know how do you i don't know how that can be overcome though honestly yeah well i'm in nf that's why i sell nfts and 
that I try to solve all the world's problems. And <laughs> well, I mean, you life. were in politics, so. Yeah, you know, I just. You must I have some thoughts the, about it. I just come from the empowering business. Like everything is messed up. And until people really understand that they do have power themselves, nothing is really going to get changed. So mm -hmm. most of my political efforts and how I think about stuff is empowering people particularly women, particularly women of color, if you're going to pick like what has the best chances of kind of acting as a catalyst for massive chains, it would be empowering a ton of women around the world. Like that's like scientific proof behind that. Like sure. literally it would be the number one thing you could do. By yeah, a pretty that, and education, that education yeah. is a big, big part of that. Right. 100%. So. Yeah. And I, you know, I do think like you mentioned how cryptocurrency is a hedge against some of these problems. I think there is some validity to that element kind of working in those spaces where those are systematic problems. Yeah. Or just quick, I don't, I don't know. Like I've been able to send more money around the world because of NFTs and empower people because of NFTs. So I think it's just like, it can be used for money laundering, like cash can be used for money laundering. It can be used sure. for empowering people, like cash can be used for, it's like it's a tool. So I just don't mm -hmm. really buy the arguments that are anti-crypto. Like use, use tools to uplift people. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as, uh, if you look at the banking system, there's a whole lot of fraud and, you know, criminal behavior in the banking system, but that doesn't mean we should get rid of that either necessarily. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw, but I set you right before this podcast for your signature mm. for our, for our collaboration. Mm. That's, That's right. Okay. Yeah. Me. We should talk about that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I don't want to take over your, I didn't want to take over your job, but before <laughs> we bore everyone from the NFT podcast, uh, Solving they've the all tuned out after we talk about yeah. politics <laughs> politics in prison then we, then we just talk about god real quick and then we can make sure no one wants to... <laughs> I, i'm cool with it okay so yeah. yeah no we are doing a collab i thought it turned out pretty sweet i like how it's yeah. stylistically they're different but it kind of blends together right yeah i think it looks really cool yeah I'm yeah yeah it. it's cool I was going to ask you, do you want that to be like a one of one or do you want to do it as like a multi on like known origin or something? Or what were your thoughts? Um, maybe like a five of five on mm -hmm. unknown origin. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right we're, on. we're making moves right now. I like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, let's moves. just figure it out right on the spot here. Uh, yeah. Gabe and I made with piece. What was it? A few days ago. And, yeah. uh, combined our styles and I really like how it turned out. There was a lot of kind of back and forth playing with the color composition and just the, you know, uh, elements of like how it kind of gelled together. So I think it turned out yeah. really cool. Me too. I like actually really collaborating and doing the back and forth. Mm -hmm. Some people are like a little too worried about like offending someone. I'm just like, mm. eh maybe this, maybe that, like same deal, like give it back. To I'm me. probably on the side that but, I don't worry enough about offending people. Yeah. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Throw caution to the wind. You're just like, your art's crap. 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, you know. I, I wish I, I know we said we could, we were going to collab, but I wish we hadn't because you suck <laughs> at art. <laughs> anyway, no, I think it's a pretty cool piece, you know, and that's, you know, you know, I'm telling the truth here because, you know, yeah. I would say otherwise if yeah. I felt otherwise. That's, yeah, that's why that's why I'm really good at giving advice around clothing to my wife because I'm yeah. like, I'm real opinionated and she knows that. And then <laughs> this is exactly true with my wife. Like she'll ask me, how does this look on me? And I will tell her, you know, that color does not look as good on you as these colors or that shirt, you know, is not as good of a choice as this shirt, you know? And the thing is that when I do say, Hey, that looks great on you. She knows I'm telling the truth. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a way better way to do life. I think. Yeah, like, I'm not going to be mean like, about it. I wouldn't say, oh, you look awful in that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like early on the NFT space was full of like participation trophy uh, mm. purchases. And like, that's kind of what got me off of Clubhouse eventually. Because it was like, people were so, like there were a bunch of people that made it. And then there was a lot of people that were like thirsty to make it. And after mm -hmm. a few months started like, kind of just like begging for sales with yep. art that I just didn't like. It's like, I'll buy your art if I like it, but like, I just, like, I don't think it does anyone any favors to buy bad art. And then they're sitting there like, well, I can just keep making my bad art and make money. It's like probably aren't like going to probably have to improve or do something, something <laughs> it's else. Kinda like the, it's kind of like the American idol where, you know, Simon Cowell just tells them, look, you're no good. Right? You know what yeah. I'm talking about? <laughs> but like, but now granted, he's a little mean about it, but I was going to say, like, it's hard to do it in the whole Twitter spaces. Like, we're all here for Kumbaya. I think it's really hard mm. to be like, be that critical. That's but then probably not the right place for it, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm, that's exactly. So, like, I'm pretty, a lot of people know, like, I'm pretty critical if it's just like one on one and you want me to be brutally honest. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I can do that, but it doesn't feel like Twitter spaces is the time to be like, it's like, be better at this. I think that's the right call. I, yeah, I think that you're right. That'd probably be more suited to a one on one conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, only so many people actually want to hear it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, people will just go through the pain and figure it out. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like what makes for me like what made me a good artist was the being self-critical like when i go back and look at old sketchbooks from like 15 years ago i'm like this uh -huh. is total shit like it is not good but i like knew it at the time or like maybe like one in every 10 were good but i like hmm. the ones that were good i could be like that's really good but now i can like kind of replicate that a lot at a higher degree so like I'm at like 75% of what I'd make now, I think is good. Mm. And before it was like, maybe a little more like 20% was good. It's not just it's natural like, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but if you're not being self-critical, I feel like just some people just like, I'm an artist. Therefore what I made is beautiful art. And I hear you. Like, I don't know, but. I try not to be a hater. I want everyone to make art. I want them to make it all the time. Just don't assume that the market is going to respond because you, because you personally like it. 
Yeah. Well, the market is definitely much more discerning now than it was a year ago, for sure. Yeah. That feels yep. about right. Yep. Well, just on profits, there's only been so many artists that have made people like tons of money, whereas mm -hmm. there's the board ape board apes of the world have made people so much money i yep. think people just started seeing it as like i think i'm one of not financial advice but like i mean i've made people money throughout but i just there's only so well you can do in the game like people are maybe doubling what they paid for it type of deal you know mm -hmm. every once in a while like someone made like eight ETH on one of my pieces i think was the most that i saw so like yep. that's pretty good, but in general, really people good. aren't people aren't making eighty from artists, whereas you can buy, you know, some ape and make one hundred and fifty. So it's hard, you know. I I just think artists are gonna have. Hence, I'm making a PFP project. I think it's one of these things you can just sit there and complain, or you can assess the game and try to play the game. Or you can, yes. Yeah. Or we can sit here and complain as artists. Yeah, you kind of have to but do that, that, don't you? Yeah, I'm not saying everyone has to do a PFP, but maybe people need to start burning some of their work and offering physicals. Maybe people need to, you know, they just keep adapting. Keep we're so like all the cliches. We are very new. So if, like if it isn't working yet, like you're still early enough to figure out something that would work. Change things up. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it is a challenging space. And I think a lot of people coming in now still have this perception that, oh, this is easy money, right? And yeah. it isn't necessarily anymore. Yeah, I don't want to set people up for failure. Like, mm -hmm. just like, kind of like if you don't want to live on Twitter for at least a couple hours a day, I feel like you're probably going to, as someone new coming in, mm -hmm. you're going to have like a pretty hard time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, hey, it's been awesome talking with you. We're all over the place there. Politics, <laughs> economics. I mean, I guess we're recording this, but like I just had a convo like I just normally would. Sure. Me and you were just shooting the shit. So that yeah. was the goal. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Right on. Well, it was really nice to actually get to talk with you without music blasting in my ears and trying to hear every third word of what you're saying. Yeah. I it was such a such a pleasure. And hopefully we'll get to do more of this without yeah, For sure. getting screamed screamed at in the background. But <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. And one more time, your PFP collection. My called it's going to be called the stoics by gabe weiss uh right? so yeah the stoics mm -hmm. and our own collab did we ever come up with a name for it i don't think we have oh declined about how about decline that's a little too much focus on me i think <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure, we'll figure out, out something <laughs> Yeah, we'll All right. figure out something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for the chat and uh, have an awesome day. Appreciate you. Have a good one, brother. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.